got we got through the pilot together and they said well it sounded like you had fun (laughs) (laughs) that is midwest for never again absolutely not 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 for us not for us at all (laughs) (laughs) rhyme or free it doesn't matter to me it's my bad poetry Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry, a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabbling with poetry between 2004 and 2008, when I was in high school. Each week, we hear a selection read aloud for what may be the first time, and we'll examine it for its historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking, why in the world did I write this? Good question. I am dragging my dear friend Dave with me on this journey into my old private journal. Dave, is it weird I never say my name in this intro? A little bit. Yeah. It's very strange that you don't say your name, Thomas. Do you think people are starting to doubt themselves on my name after hearing that? No, absolutely not. Because again... Of our listeners, half of them are related to you. I think all of them <laughs> have been. <laughs> yeah, I'm Aaron, by the way. Hi, Aaron. Okay, the poem we have here, it's called Obsession? It's, it's Obsession, but it has a question mark after it. Oh, wow. I had to read the title with the question. You are really playing fast and loose with these rules of punctuation. I I don't know, Dave. This is my longest poem to date. Ooh. And um, we'll see. Where is the line between love and obsession? When does it change? To love someone with too much passion. Where is the line between love and obsession? between turn-ons and turn-offs, when one wants someone to needing them. When life changes from living to being driven by one singular cause, why must love be considered obsession? Is it that they do not know love? Is it that love to them is holding hands? My love is deeper. Where is the line between love and obsession? I, having listened back to old episodes, I'm realizing how often after your poems, there's just a gasp of exasperation. And it kind of feels like I'm just holding my breath through the whole poem so that I don't laugh at you. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah, this one, uh, this one felt especially rough. Yeah. Okay, Dave, how do we want to tackle this? Should we look at the structure first? Yeah, pop it up on the... Uh, on the good old screen here. I'm, I'm going to need something for you in the editing of this. I'm going to need some light piano music. Do, do, Where do, is the line do, between do, love do, and obsession? Do, do, when do, does it do. change? 
to love someone with too much passion. From Calvin Klein. Obsession? Right? Oof. Yeah. I mean, can I just say, this is like the theme song of all stalkers. Yeah? Right. That's what kind of scares me. I mean... I have written some crappy poems, some bad poems, some garbage poems. This is cringy on a different level. Yeah. The last stanza is really hitting me. Why must love be considered obsession? Is it that they do not know love? Is it that love to them is holding hands? My love is deeper. My love is deeper. It's real creepy, bud. It's real creepy. I have no defense of this. Um, I, I repeat the question four times mm-hmm. to create some stanzas. You're close to a, uh, a sonnet, like a 13-line sonnet. Oh, really? Hmm. You're at 14 lines, but there are a couple of places where you could combine. Yeah. But yikes. I just I just don't know where to go with you, bud. I'm trying to be nice. Like, I'm trying to set this up as like, hey, hey friend, you really tried with this one, but I'm going to need to call someone. Yeah. But again, I will say, I think this is a really common teenage thing because everything when you're a teenager feels like you know it's either a zero or a hundred like we you don't have in between emotions you have i don't care or this is the only thing i have ever or will ever care about yeah you you just crank it to 11 whether it's uh, a crush or a, a friendship or even like a party that you have to that you want to go to or some sort of socialite event everything feels like it's it's make or break for you and and i'm I'm wondering where that sense comes from i mean so much of our media is kind of focused on the high school years and a lot of times we follow these characters into college which is already unrealistic that all your best friends show up at college with you (laughs) right these these high school sweethearts will in fact be your true love and your partner for life that being said i mean this poem is pretty indefensible there's there's little little positive uh that can come from this yeah i am interested because you while giving examples you focused on relationship or social ideas. And something I was thinking about was I was obsessed with the TV show Scrubs in high school. Mm. And like, I'm just thinking along these lines as well. I got super into it to the point where I was correcting subtitles online. Wow. Yeah. Like it was, it was not a healthy thing for me but again it's that inability to distinguish between love or obsession or between you know healthy boundaries 
Yeah. Whether it is with a relationship or a friendship or a TV show or a band or a book or whatever. Yeah, I, I think you're you're completely right. We can throw fandom into the mix very much sure. so. Um, the ways in which fans feel this sense of ownership over an IP mm-hmm. um, that is that is clearly not a love of an artistic project. It is a obsessive. I don't know. It's damaging. Um, right. <laughs> toxic. Well, and that that gets into the whole like gatekeeping toxic relationship. Mm-hmm you know, deciding who gets to enjoy this as well. And I guess that's how you could define that in relationship too. Like you are, <laughs> I I remember having thoughts like this in high school saying, you are my girlfriend. You don't get to talk to other boys like that. Mm. And it, I mean, that is the same level of gatekeeping of toxic masculinity where I did not understand what it meant to be in a relationship and it felt closer to an obsession than it did to love or even liking. It was just, this is what I'm putting my time into. Yeah, it's almost this sick pride of ownership, of of being able to claim I have, uh, fill in the blank, a girlfriend, boyfriend. Yeah. I, I have this relationship and that's what's going to define me mm-hmm. um, with little to no regard for the other person in this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that, that I guess that would be the, the separating line between love and obsession. Love is mutual. Love is respecting. And obsession is seeing it as an object focusing on the relationship rather than on the people in the relationship or focusing on the minutia rather than what's actually happening, correcting subtitles rather than just enjoying something. I love how you're trying to put that on. I mean, yes, on the same level, it's, (laughs) but that kind of gets to the whole parasocial relationship too. Yeah. Of, you know, JD doesn't exist, but he's my friend, right? I spend so much time with him. Obsession. Yes, I think it's interesting that you you bring up Scrubs, because um, that one, gosh, that started in 2001. So that would have been kind of a pinnacle, because I was one who watched that religiously as well. Right. Because we're cool people. Well, yeah, well, that's why we're doing a podcast on poetry, Dave. Clearly, we have our pulse on the zeitgeist we have our finger on the pulse oh my gosh yeah what is wrong with me we have our pulse on the time ghost what now (laughs) jeez aaron (laughs) oh okay but thinking back now this is not a defense Mm -hmm. of this kind of attitude Right. It's seeking to understand better what kind of would lead to this train of thought to further defend against it later. Sure. Okay. So we have characters like JD and we have characters like Jim from The Office. Mm, yeah. Idolized 
kind of doe-eyed, innocent heroes of the shows mm-hmm. who obsess over um, a singular individual. Yeah. And, I mean, it's that if they won't, or will they, won't they relationship right. that plays out through so many different TV genres. I mean, you got the Sam and Diane's and, um, and the Jim and Pam's. And it's played up as super cute or romantic and the good guy gets them in the end. Right. Um, Jim gets Pam. You look back at those relationships and they are somewhat, I mean, not somewhat, they're toxic. They're um, a focal point of one person's um, desire with very little reciprocity or yeah, for, for a long time. The language that you're using. I mean, Jim gets Pam. Oh, yeah, even that. Not Jim and Pam get together. But, like, that's that's the problem is how we view it. Like, in every way, in every way you can define it, it's pretty darn toxic. So it feels like reexamining this poem could be a good way to talk about how we get out of this how we learn to differentiate between love and obsession, because clearly it doesn't happen automatically. No. Like the writers on those shows weren't teenagers. They were adults, but they were still kind of writing a poem like this, you know? Yeah. And I think sadly, my 15-year-old self, when struggling with this question, I mean, I'm glad I put it into a book and wasn't like, I don't know. I mean... Maybe I was coming off creepy or obsessive. I t- I've met you. Yes, you were creepy. Well, yeah, that that's without yeah. being said. Or without without goes without saying. Goes Aaron. without s- <sighs> Willikers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. You're the one who edits this, so you can just say it and lead into it and cut out all of your mistakes and make me look like an idiot. I know. Well, it's what I've done in the past eight episodes. <laughs> right. The elocution of Dave that just gets dropped on the cutting room floor. That electrocution of Dave? Elocution, Dave. I know. Aaron, it's a joke! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so welcome, uh, we, buddy. Yeah, we've we've talked about TV shows. The obsession comes at a point when I really got into music outside of the the Christian pop genre. Sure. I mean, you can even look back at Reliant K and find notes of this um, right. within their work. I mean, Mm-hmm is a very emo album. <laughs> we we were listening to very different emo music, Aaron. Well. This one comes off of me receiving a burned CD of the acoustic cover of Dashboard Confessional, um, (gasps) which I got in the spring of 2005 during the musical. And so I listened to that CD along with songs about Jane from Maroon 5. Yeah. Two burned CDs that I received in the spring that that informed my summer. And um, another bombshell of a cd that dropped into my life was jack's mannequin oh yeah mixtape his first single off that album 
Yeah. I thought that song, and actually it was pointed out by, by my best friend, that that song was my song. I was trying to woo a girl with burning what I thought these, as, uh, to quote Jax Manigan, I swear to God, this mix could sink the sun. I thought I had hit <laughs> gold with this. And that's that's some more of the context here is, is this yeah. type of obsessive love. No, I'm not even going to call it love. This type of obsession yeah. is a frequent, if not defining trait of that kind of... Um, alt rock emo uh piano rock genre i have to push back against that because i've got i've got you breathing down my neck breathing down my neck i don't don't know what you could possibly expect under these conditions dark blue dark blue (laughs) yes yes okay dave hit us with uh the truth, good or garbage? Mm, good or garbage? I want you to venture into your mind's eye. Have you ever had to clean out the bottom of a trash can? Yes. Has there ever been like fluid at the bottom of that trash can? Can you conjure up what that smelt like? <laughs> mm-hmm. See, because it's, it's not here. But I know that not in your mind's eye, but in your mind's nose, you can smell that. And that is your obsession over that smell and over this poem. It's unhealthy. It's a little bit rancid. Enough said. I feel like there should be a but at the end of that sentence, but there isn't. Nope. It's just unhealthy and rancid. The end, amen. (laughs) Well, yeah, I agree. Rancid at its core, um, the lingering of of something that was rotten to begin with. So, uh, let us finish this podcast with the words of a true poet. This is a, a selection from A Fixed Idea by Amy Lowell. What torture lurks within a single thought when grown too constant and however kind? However welcome still the weary mind aches with its presence, dull remembrance taught, remembers on unceasing unsought. The old delight is with us but to find that all reoccurring joy is pain refined. Well, this has been my bad poetry, (laughs) living up to the name. Please ignore his obsessions and go write your own bad poetry. Like I said in our last episode, you turn the page and you hit the emo hard. Um, wolf. Yeah. Or wolf, shall we say. Pack it up. We're done. Ah, dang. I knew I'd hit that line somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rhyme free doesn't matter to me. It's my bad. It's poetry.